I forgot to mention Steve at Zoombar. See, I'm already yeah. in trouble. I should have known. <laughs> Zoombar. Yeah. yeah, and that place yeah, is I've good. known Steve. I've known Steve for like twenty, like twenty five years. He's a great guy. Well, I think the thing is still recording, okay. so I'll clip that out and we'll <laughs> we'll edit it. We'll edit it into the beginning. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Roast West Coast Podcast. I'm Ryan Wolt, and I'm glad you're here for this episode featuring Maria Coffey. And I'm glad you're here because this is it. This is the very last episode of Season 1 of the Roast West Coast Podcast, which featured the coffee roasters of North County, San Diego. This show has been a direct reflection of the circumstances imposed upon us all by the coronavirus. I know we're all sick of talking about it, but the pandemic has changed everything. The true impact won't be known for years, even decades, and how it impacts you will depend on a billion different variables. For me, early on, I knew that the thing I missed the most was getting a cup of coffee, or even better, meeting someone else for a cup of coffee. So I tried to figure out how to replicate that from home, and I came up with the idea for the show. I had no idea if anyone would be willing to be on it. I had no idea if anyone would be willing to listen to it. And later in the process, if anyone cared enough that a newsletter recapping and providing depth to the topics covered on the show would make any sense. But it turns out I wasn't the only one craving that connection over a cup of coffee. Throughout the season, I got to meet, albeit virtually, some of the people behind the best roasteries and some of my personal favorite roasteries in North County, San Diego. It has been a blast, and there will be a season two, which is exciting. More about that after my conversation with my final show guests, Grayson Adams, Joe Bettinger, and Ray J. Solaris, who front the Solana Beach, California-based Maria Coffee. That's Maria, not Maria, as I learned. We were also joined at times by Ray J.'s baby, who provided some much-needed pandemic working-from-home context. Maria is primarily a subscription-based service, but you can still buy individual bags as well, just to sample all of their different roasts. They've pursued a collaborative model by partnering up with local sports stars and artists. They actually came to my attention after I had a virtual tequila happy hour with Taylor Steele, North County's own acclaimed surf filmmaker. They've also partnered with skateboarders Danny Way and Alfonso Rawls, snowboarder Kimmy Fasani, artists Chris Benchler and Sky Walker, and surfer Rob Machado, just to name a few. And in just a minute, we'll drop into my conversation with the guys, Grace and Joe and Ray J. But if you haven't already, please take a moment to sign up for the Roast West Coast newsletter at roastwestcoast.com. The free newsletter is great, and with it, you're going to get episode recaps and show updates, and the paid subscription, and the paid subscription, which is good for a full year, is even better. Plus, I'm still running the promo subscription through January, where a paid subscription comes with a copy of Eli and Jane, the fiction novella with some great coffee-drinking scenes, and with the money from subscriptions, I've been buying coffee for frontline health workers. Let's be honest, they deserve way more than just a cup of coffee, but it's a little something to let them know that we appreciate them. And with Chris O'Brien at Coffee Cycles Help, other people have been kicking in too, so we've been continually buying coffees for the past month. You can find details on roastwestcoast.com. Now it's time for yet another cup of coffee. And this show with the team from Maria. So I'd say uh, Joe, Grayson, and Ray J of Maria Coffee, welcome to the Roast West Coast podcast. I appreciate you guys joining me today. It's great to meet you again. Thank you. Thank you. Great to have you. 
Yeah. Uh, if you could just do me uh, and us, the, the listeners, a favor uh, and just introduce yourselves and, and just what you do at Maria Coffee so they can place a, a name to the voice. I guess I'll go first. My name is Grayson Adams. Uh, I'm the CEO and one of the co-founders of, it's actually pronounced Maria, which means it's Spanish for the tide. It's good for a host to do his research and know the names of the people he's talking to. No, it's super <laughs> common. We've Since day one, we've gotten, is it named after Morea, the island in Tahiti, or, or Maria, all sorts of things. So, But yeah, it's actually Spanish for the tide. So Marea is the proper way, but Morea, we just all call it Marea. So yeah, um, I had this idea a few years back and got together with some friends, approached Joe Bettinger, and eventually Ray J came on board soon thereafter, and I kind of kind of make make sure that the ship is on track and you know our vision gets executed what we want to do on a day-to-day basis and these guys have other special talents they bring to the table that I won't take up too much time so pass on over to yeah. Joe. Cool. Joe Bettinger, I'm the I guess uh, chief coffee officer and CFO. I handle all things coffee from the sourcing of the green beans at origin and getting those beans up here and imported and all the roasting production and and that's pretty much what i do yeah so my name is ray j solaris and um i've been helping with a couple different things but i do primarily marketing and then technology so building the website um getting the subscriptions up and running um customer service and that kind of stuff awesome speaking of of the website you guys are a subscription-based coffee roasting company there's no shop that people can walk up to and get like a latte or a cup of coffee or anything. So I'm wondering, Grayson, what was the the origin idea for this? What inspired it? And then why pursue that subscription only business model? At the time, I just had seen how, and mind you, this is about three, four years ago. So way pre-COVID, um, just seeing the future of e-commerce and how, you know, my mother was getting, she's it was about 70 at the time, I think she's 74. She'll kill me for telling saying that, by the way. But, <laughs> but she was starting to order groceries more online and things like that. Amazon was exploding as big as ever and just saw that subscription model coming out, like Dollar Shave Club, Shave Club things like that. Hadn't really seen it in coffee yet. Like, to be honest, it was kind of I followed what St. Archer Brewing did. I saw that they brought on a bunch of action sports superstars, past legends, artists, etc., etc., and they created something unique in the craft beer industry. And I thought that was really cool. So I followed them and what they did. And I'm like, you know what? That'd be cool if somebody did that with coffee and looked around and nobody was. And, you know, born and raised in this town, we had access to a lot of talented individuals, you know, local surfers, skateboarders, artists, like I said. And I saw the opportunity like, hey, we could probably approach some of these guys and, and come together and do something cool. I remember, sorry, back to that previous question about not doing a brick and mortar, like a retail place, someone could come up and get a latte was simply, that's a completely different business model. It costs a lot of money that I don't have. We don't have, nobody has. So <laughs> building a, building a, building a brand, we can sell a product online was a little bit more feasible financially. What was your sales pitch then to some of the ambassadors that you have, Danny Way? I think a friend of mine, Skywalker is involved with you guys as an artist. Kimi uh, Falsani. I mean, a whole bunch of great people in their field. What was? How did you go up and just say, "Hey, I have this idea. Do you want to be part of it?" I mean, how was that a difficult sell? Was that something that you had to have, like a you know, you're prepared with your little deck, or was it just like as simple as like, "Let's get a coffee or a beer, and and here's an idea I have." Yeah, exactly. Pretty much that. First, I had to convince these guys 
to come aboard and, and be a part of this and creating the brand and creating, you know, the whole vision of what we wanted to do and what we wanted Maria to become. Um, once they were on board, we did just that. We had some certain guys we wanted to target and approach, and um, we built a cool investment deck, a website, had the vision, and literally went and had coffee with Danny Way one morning and just said, hey, this is what we want to do. Would you be interested in coming on board? And he was super receptive and positive towards it. Same thing. We went over to Rob Machado's house, sat in his living room, kind of explained the vision, who we were, what we wanted to do. Would you be interested in being a part of it? And then he suggested Chris Benjetler and Kimmy Fasani. You know, we ran into Taylor Steele and Todd Glazer is a local kid around town. Uh, Ray J's good friends with Sky. And Danny suggested Alfonso Rawls, who's another local North County legendary skateboarder. And we kind of just, you know, approached them all in that, in that sense. Like, hey, this is something cool. And would you like to be part of it? And Joe, you come, uh, you come from a coffee background. I believe you're, you were a coffee broker, are a coffee broker. I am. Yeah. Yep. Importer and trader. And so that was another um, facet of this was having the direct connection to the origins where the coffee's grown and being able to work directly with the producers, the farmers and explain that story and just have that, you know, from basically from, you know, from where the coffee's grown and taking it all the way to the consumer. So that that's one thing that's a little bit unique too about Morea is, is we do do that. And I go down and I visit these guys. They're our partners. We're trying to do a lot of stuff at origin to help these communities down there. That's a big deal that I like to do. And so, you know, in order to do that, you know, the best thing to do is to be able to sell their products, to sell their coffee, to continually year after year, make a commitment to them and to buy their, their products and to buy it at a, at a price that they can make a living. You know, that's that's really important as well. So kind of taking out some of the middleman that might exist there has helped us help us to, you know, be able to provide more for them at origin, too, and really become have a partnership with a lot of these guys. Sure. And I would say just from talking to other roasters, I know a lot of our great roasters in town have taken origin trips and do that. But you being the actual broker is something that is unique to you guys. I don't, I don't think that I've talked to anyone else who is like a broker that is part of their company yet. Yeah. And so that's kind of an interesting thing to cut. When you say cut out the middleman, I mean, I talked to a lot of people who say origin stories. So I want people to know that like that really is different than what we've heard from other roasters. And that's why it was, it was intriguing to me being on kind of following the entire supply chain. So when Grayson, came to me and had the idea. I'm like, yeah, this is, this is cool. You know, I'm just trying to get more exposure and, you know, get more things back to origin and coffee and, you know, help everyone out as much as we can. So that's why to me, it was a, it was a cool project. One thing on the coffee side, I was going to, I wanted to know if you guys have a philosophy about how you treat these beans once they arrive here in the States and you're roasting them, if you have a roasting philosophy. And then also there's something, and maybe Joe, you, you might be best for this question, but on your website, it says that you produce all your coffee in small batches. And that's something I hear a lot. You see on a lot of websites, small batch roasting, but what does that even, what does that actually mean? Does that mean like you roast every bag individually? Is it five pounds? Is it a bucket? Yeah, I guess it's, you know, I don't know the exact definition. I would probably say roasting anything from, you know, like say one pound, maybe up to 40 or 50 pounds at a time. You know, I think the larger production commercial roasters are doing, you know, a hundred pounds at a time. But when you do roast those smaller amounts, 
you know, it's, it's just a little more care, I feel like. I don't know if I would compare it to, say, a, a craft brewery compared to, like, say, Miller or Coors or Budweiser, you know, with their big tanks. But you could make that comparison a little bit, I guess. But normally, like, we, we would roast, like, in 15-pound in um, batches, 15 to 20-pound batches. So, But certainly, I, I think there's probably a better definition out there for what the small batch is. But I think that's, that's pretty small. You know, you have to, you have to roast quite a bit to, to get somewhere. So. And that allows us, you know, the roasting philosophy is, I think, really just learning as much as you can about how to roast each bean, each origin, is really different the way that, say, they process the coffee, meaning if they wash it, if they keep the cherry on when they dry it, that's a natural. So all the different processes that they have. For example, we just been working with guys and great guys down in Guatemala, and they have an orange peel process, which is a new process that they created. And it's basically they use orange peel and kind of this mixture in the fermentation stage. So depending on all that diff those different things, roasting, you need to roast differently. Every bean's a little bit different and trying just to maximize the best, the best flavor and the best profile out of each bean. I guess that would be our goal really to, to get the most out of compared to steak. You know, you try to try to cook the steak depending on how you like the steak done. But certainly, you know, there's you'll talk to different chefs and they'll be like, oh yeah, I would never cook it medium well you know or, or how they they do that so that I, I would say that's probably our our philosophy as far as that goes that's actually a really interesting analogy the steak one just because uh, i come from a restaurant world and there's certainly you certainly have guidelines but there's an art to the roasting or an art to the cooking of a steak too because each steak is going to be a little bit different depending on where it came from what that animal had been eating and so forth and the same with coffee i think is what you're getting at is that if it comes from guatemala versus kenya it's going to have an entirely different profile so you're treating it differently and the altitude and there's so many different factors that that work into you know, the profile and the complexity and how you might roast it. Some beans do take a, a darker roast better. Some are lighter. So it's it's really a, an experimentation and, and research. And there's so much um, knowledge. I mean, that's one thing that I really learned. Once I started to learn a little bit about coffee, I realized like how little I know. <laughs> so, I mean, and every time, you know, I'll go to origin. I mean, the learning curve is just exponentially. You could I mean, I, I feel like now everything that I do know, I know so very little. And now I'm getting more into the actual growing and how all that process works. And, and so hopefully we'll have some uh, Morea trees planted down at Origin soon. Um, we're working on some things like that with some producers down there and, and things like that. So a lot of cool, cool things that we can do. And, uh, and so, yeah, it's really exciting. We've kind of talked through like that first part. Uh, what inspired it, where the coffee is coming from, how you're treating it. But now you have this this bag of beans, but your subscription-based model only, how are you connecting with your customers? How are you getting it out there? You know, Ray J, how are you marketing it or working on collaborations with some of these action sports or artists that you work with? What is the model, or not the model necessarily, but how do you say, hey, we have this cool thing now. We want people to know about it. Yeah, so I can talk about that. And I think it's important to mention, too, that like the subscription model really enabled us to create roast cycles and, and get coffee to the customer as fresh as possible. 
that was one of the initial goals and one of the initial kind of marketing pushes is really how fast can we get it from origin to the customer so they're enjoying a product that's as fresh as possible. Sure. What do you, can you just uh, real quick explain when you say roast cycle, can you just describe what that means? Yeah, yeah. Just so when we roast it, um, so having the subscriptions enables us to say like on Wednesday, we're going to roast a new batch of like uh, Medio and we're going to send it out to all our subscribers. And that what that kind of does for us is it gives us the ability not to have coffee sitting for a long time. And that comes back to why we do stuff in small batches too, because we don't really want to have stuff sit too long. We want to make sure that this is really high quality coffee that they're getting. So the subscription model allows us to do that. And also we are in a couple grocers and we go in and switch out the coffee pretty regularly to kind of keep that up as well. Because from the beginning, that was a very important point to us. On top of that, we've actually just recently really been making a push at redoing some of the blends, which we have done. We did something with Taylor Steel called Momentum, which kind of takes beans from different parts of the world that, that you really liked. Oh, sorry for the kid. <laughs> No, that's all right. Uh, I assume he's part of the company or she. I apologize. Reggie, I'll take it. I'll take it over. I'll I'll finish for a second. So Taylor Steele, we came up with the roast for him called Momentum. Taylor is a internationally famous filmmaker. He started off making surf movies here in Solana Beach, California, which is where we're based out of. And we approached him to be a part of Maria, and we came up with his individual roast called, like I said, Momentum. And Kind of when we were talking with him, it was, we wanted to do something unique. And as he's traveled all over the world, you know, Indonesia and Mexico are two of some of his favorite places he's ever been. So Joe was like, great, I've got beans from Indonesia and Mexico. And I did some cupping with them, right? Yeah, and, yep. and we cupped out and kind of did some different tasting. And yeah, came up with a with a nice blend, a, a split of, of using Indonesia and Mexico. And it's a, it's a dark roast. That's, that's what he liked. And those two origins do take that a little bit darker roast. They take on a nice flavor and, and develop the, the characteristics of the beans. So that's quickly becoming our most popular, most popular sale. Yeah. Taylor's an interesting guy. I had a chance to talk to him recently about his tequila uh, venture as well. He's he turned us on to each other. That's right. Uh, I decided that when I grew up, I want to be Taylor Steele. That's kind of my goal, I think. So that's kind of an interesting idea that you're creating, essentially, you you created a blend based on his personality and his experiences. And so then as a, as a drinker, they are kind of connecting with that, those ambassadors for your brand. Is that the idea that you're getting at? That's the idea. Yeah. Is to come up like we've got the momentum and we've got dark room with photographer Todd Glazer, which is a very, very dark roast. Yeah. And that's a, uh, Todd was, that was our first blend and he's, he's very into coffee. So him and I geeked out quite a bit, you know, doing cuppings and tasting and, and, you know, I'd line up, okay, here's beans from 15 different origins. And so it was cool. You know, it was a cool process because working with these guys, working with Todd and Taylor, these guys are, are artists and very creative and it's just it's just so cool to collaborate with them because they're very creative and they appreciate the process of creating something and it was just really cool for me because i was i was just like uh, it was it was fun i mean they're just they're just such great guys and they're fun to work with so that's that's been awesome and they're they're into it um you know that was the other thing kind of bringing all these people together was they all you know they all love coffee so they're passionate about the product and the industry and everything like that. So that's 
that's cool too because it's you know just like everything i think the more exposure we can bring it helps everybody and the the you know the, the local coffee scene and all our other roasters around here and and you know hopefully all of us can work together and um do maybe collaborations in the future and just just do cool things to to help each other out do you actually let these ambassadors touch your roasting machine i feel like that could be a very particular <laughs> um sensitive topic <laughs> i'll let him uh, uh sample the small roaster the sample roaster but not gotcha uh, okay yeah, yeah. <laughs> You mentioned uh, collaborations. Are there any interesting new collaborations coming out? Or do you, I mean, a lot of roasters I've talked to you collaborate with beer brands. You mentioned St. Archer as a model for the type of business you, you've done. Anything like that coming out or something that you've been working on? We've got some, as far as collaborations, we do have some, a uh, couple things. We've done stuff with Pizza Port, especially in Solana Beach with the brewer uh, Shaner there, Josh Shaner, good friend of ours. And then we'll have some stuff hopefully here coming up in the next month or two with uh, Viewpoint Brewing, which is in Del Mar here, and uh, and also Amplified Ales, which they're in uh, PB, uh, Miramar, and East Village. So we did a couple collabs yeah. with Artifacts too a few years ago. Yeah, Artifacts we've we've worked with too. They're those are those are great guys, Nick and Johnny, and up and coming and, brewers from yeah. San Clemente. So Local and I I think a lot of that is I mean for me is I just like beer. <laughs> so you know i like to drink beer again it's great working with those guys are are very open and a lot of them work with each other and they're they they have a really cool community so um it's it's nice to collab with them you know whenever we can and and we've gotten a lot of customers and a lot of good feedback from people that follow that beer world you know and that the people that we've done collabs with it's been really cool. So he'll go, they'll go to events and these guys, I mean, these beer dudes are into it. Yeah, <laughs> and they, definitely. So they say, yeah, we used, you know, the dark room blend from Maria coffee. They will come to our website and they'll buy a bag of dark room and, and message us on Instagram and follow us on Instagram and things like that. So, so I come from a beer world as well. And one thing I would say that that makes a lot of sense to me is people who are passionate about craft beer that are getting into coffee kind of have an understanding of the craft behind it and what they already are thinking about different types of hops. So the leap to think about different types of beans or origins isn't a big one for them. Yeah, absolutely. I think there's there's a lot of comparisons for sure. One thing I was going to say on the back on the, the marketing is when we started and, and continually until, you know, COVID, obviously, we we would do a lot of events, you know, a lot of surf events, different kind of outdoor events, and also support a lot of different charities in the area, just trying to kind of connect to people and, and support different groups like that, you know, locally here, you know, a, a couple military charities. Um, we just did a deal with uh, some gift back baskets for um, uh, Homestart. And so, just trying to, you know, we do a, a thing with uh, Stand Up for, for the Cure. That's a big paddleboard event down in San Diego to raise money for the cancer, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah for, for breast cancer. So, yeah, getting out and, and just, I think we found a lot of traction just being out in the community and doing tastings and, and providing coffee at a lot of these events for free. You know, it's, it's kind of grown a, a, a nice base for us, I think. Yeah. Well, you just mentioned the, you know, one of the big things that's impacted everyone is coronavirus. Being a subscription based as opposed to a storefront, did you feel that as much? Obviously, I'm gathering you haven't been able to do as many events or any, I'm not sure, but how did the coronavirus kind of impact you that initial wave back in the spring and then, you know, how have you adapted since then? 
I think the initial wave was a ton of uncertainty. You know, it was like, okay, was this going to last two weeks? Look, nope, it's <laughs> like it's going to last two months. It's not funny, but it's kind of funny that we were all thinking that at the time, right? Sure, yeah. sure. And that feels like that was two weeks ago. But, you know, now is it going to last two years? Like we were doing tons of events and being out doing tastings at even at like Seaside Market, providing coffee for the Ramachado uh, Foundation down. They do beach cleanups down at Seaside. So, yeah, when that all hit and we realized, okay, can't go to the grocery store. People aren't going to coffee shops. Everything's going to start getting delivered. That's what we are. It's, we need to ramp up our online approach, sales, Instagram ads, Facebook ads, et cetera, et cetera. So we did see spikes in that for sure. I mean, that's e-commerce, you know, you, you get what you pay for, so, <laughs> but ads aren't free. So <laughs> it's just a different approach to marketing. I would imagine mm -hmm. speaking of that, what is the best way for people to support your brand? You know, is it setting up subscriptions? Is it following and sharing? I mean, what are ways that people, what, where are people going to find you and, and how would you, how would you say this is an introduction to, to Maria and this would be the best way to keep us thriving during what's still an uncertain time? Ray, do you want to handle that one or is baby still up? Baby, baby's going crazy. <laughs> he's excited. Uh, he's excited about this podcast. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I think so. It's kind of a mix. We have, um, we were doing a lot of business subscriptions too. So like businesses would uh, order coffee through us. Um, so that's gone down a little bit. But the best way now would be to jump online. We we do subscriptions, but we also, it's worth mentioning, we do sell single bags online. So you don't have to do a subscription. You can try out any blend you want for a single order. And then we're also, if you're local, we're in Seaside Market in Cardiff. We're always up first, kind of showing some support for the local grocery stores too. Anything else that we haven't covered that you think it's important for people to know about your company? Yeah, we definitely have an incredible team of, of athlete ambassador, artists, co-owners that are part of our brand. Um, keep an eye out. We're going to start launching a whole new bag design. And one by one, they're all individual roasts that will be coming out. So. When I saw Chris uh, Benchler's name on that list of ambassadors, that was my first thought was custom bags with his artwork on them. <laughs> right, yeah. right. Yeah. That's something we've meant to do since the beginning. But, you know, starting your own business or your own company, as everybody knows, you know, things don't tend to happen as quickly as you think. And there's hiccups and bumps in the road. And that's good. We've lived and learned from those and we've, we've um, overcome them. And I feel like we're really in a really good position to take our company to where we've always wanted to go heading into 2021. We've talked to Chris, we've talked to Sky, we've come up with some preliminary designs. If you see now, our bag is just a standard white coffee bag, stamp, stickers, explains the story and whatnot, but we're going full on cool new designs, cool new website, all that stuff, so. There's really an intersection of, of coffee and art and, uh, and community is what it sounds like to me. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Not to put words in your mouth, but but I think that's a really interesting one. One thing I'm gaining from listening to you guys talk, and you just kind of touched on the idea that things don't always go as you plan when you're starting a new business. And I think that's something a lot of people can relate to in that we have all these grand plans, but they're ultimately beholden to a whole bunch of other variables that we don't control like coronavirus or, you know, getting a permit or doing whatever. And so as you're progressing and seeing those gains, I'm wondering how you guys it sounds like you're going into 2021 feeling optimistic and looking for growth. 
as opposed to just, you know, holding the old shit handle and, and hanging on. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be good year. We've got a lot of exciting products we're going to launch. So last question is when you're not drinking your own coffee, if you were to go to say a coffee shop anywhere in town, what are you ordering? What are you drinking? Personally, I drink black coffee, but I got to give a shout out to the Panikin. I'm born and raised in Lucadia. My dad took me there almost all every time and took me surfing in the morning. That's we had to stop there first so he could get his coffee. Also, the guys at Bump and Cardiff, cool guys. And they make great coffee, great empanadas. Check them out. Yeah, good guys. And I just drink black cup. I'm normally I'll do a pour over uh, Achilles Coffee downtown. They do great. King's Craft in Poway, they're awesome. Jaunt in uh, Miramar Jaunt Coffee Roasters, they've got a nice setup there. Uh, man, there's just there's just so many great shops all around San Diego. Uh, Dark Horse does a great job. All these all these guys are really uh, really doing good up North County. You've got Steady State, Libra Coffee. I'm gonna forget some guys, so hopefully they don't get mad at me. But <laughs> <laughs> there's there's good good things happening in the San Diego market, you know. But yeah, so I encourage people to definitely support you know support the local independent guy. You know that that's that's uh, out there roasting and yeah, they got that retail space and you know. So if if you can, you know, get to your your local San Diego guys and and plus it's yeah, it's good to support everybody and try out their coffee, say hello, and that's what I do. I don't go to a lot of different coffee shops, but I try to you know ask them questions and lean in towards like, oh yeah, I sell coffee on the internet. (laughs) Get out of here. Get out of here. Yeah, get out of the shop. Uh, Reggie, I was just asking them, uh, if you're not drinking your own coffee and you just stop by a coffee shop, what what are you drinking? I'll back what Joe kind of said. I go to a steady state. I'm actually in Oceanside. So I drive to their um, location in Carlsbad and and grab a cup. They, They have some unique coffees that they get in that are really good and they do a good job. I think that's it. Anything else we should uh, talk about today, guys? I don't think so. Keep an eye out. MariaCoffee.com is our website. Check us out on Instagram. It's Maria.coffee. Yeah. Cool stuff coming out in 2021. Us, oh, so we got a holiday holiday roast that we're doing. Yeah, holiday roast. is. Oh. Uh, we're putting it together. It's actually going to be probably three or four of the farms that we work with, like from Mexico, Guatemala, Costa Rica, and maybe Honduras or Nicaragua. Just guys that we know that we're friends with that, um, you know, so it's kind of our, I don't know, Trace Amigos, Cuatro Amigos, No Stress. For a guy that travels down there, my Spanish isn't very good. We <laughs> did we did a roast a few years back for the holiday. We called it Nuestros Amigos, which means our friends. And we made a blend with all of Well, I appreciate you guys being here. Thanks for being on the show. And uh, we'll keep our eyes and ears peeled for all the new stuff coming out of your shop. Or out of your uh, roastery, rather. Thank you so much for having us. This yeah. is this is cool. cool. It's really cool what you're doing. Your site's awesome, and and uh, it's great. You're helping every everybody out in coffee. I don't know about these guys, but I've never done anything like this. So I was pretty nervous. <laughs> Either way, I was happy to have you here. And if you keep saying nice things about me, you know, we'll try to keep promoting it as much as we can. <laughs> okay, cool. <laughs> A big cheers and a thank you to Grayson, Joe, and Ray J for taking the time to talk to me. A few months ago, I ordered several of their roasts to try and was pretty stoked, especially about the Momentum Blend. It was my personal favorite. I'd like to thank all of you for listening to this episode and all of the episodes of the Roast West Coast podcast this season. 
We've met a lot of great coffee roasters, entrepreneurs, and leaders, some of whom Steady State Roasting in Carlsbad, Ironsmith Coffee in Encinitas, and Zumbar Coffee and Tea became sponsors of the show, which enabled me to add the Coffee Smarter segment to the series. It would have been a much shorter show without their support, for which I'm eternally grateful. I've been thanking Chris O'Brien of Coffee Cycle every week for helping us get coffee smarter, and I'll do it again. Thank you, Chris. Please stop making fun of me. He'll be back in Season 2 with more coffee knowledge, and we'll be expanding our horizons outside of North County San Diego to bring you more roasters, interview coffee farmers, and explore more of the leaders pushing coffee and coffee culture forward. Head to RoastWestCoast.com to learn more about Maria Coffee and find all of the up-to-date promo codes for coffee discounts, including 15% off right at MariaCoffee.com. Sign up with your email to get regular updates, coffee education, and even opportunities to influence the direction of the show. There, you will also find links to all of the back episodes of this show and a lot more. The content in these episodes is mostly timeless, but it also acts as a time capsule of what it has been like to try and get a cup of coffee, meet up with new friends, or run a small business during the age of COVID-19. We've all gotten used to it as the weeks have turned into months, and we've normalized the actions we take to fight against the spread of coronavirus. But looking back at some of the conversations I've had this year over video chat or putting my mask on to pick up coffee or wiping down a package filled with delicious roasted beans reminds me that this has been anything but normal. So I'd like to thank all of you being willing to try something new and for putting up with me for the past few months. If you've enjoyed this show and want to share it with a coffee-loving friend or someone who's passionate about entrepreneurship, just let them know that they can search for Roast West Coast on any of the major podcasting platforms, including Apple, Spotify, Amazon Music, or even subscribe to the YouTube channel. You could even stream it on thecoastnews.com. They have been great local partners of this show, and I appreciate their willingness to support this project. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please consider leaving a rating and review. It really helps listeners find a new show like this one, and I thank you for helping us spread the word. Tag at One Wildlife Co. on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter so I can find you too. Links are in the show notes. And if you just listened to this show for the first time, welcome. I'm glad you're here. Go back and check out all the great interviews, all of the Coffee Smarter episodes. Finally, please support your local coffee roasters and coffee shops. Most offer subscriptions if you never want to run out of coffee. Quite a few offer free shipping even. And you really cannot buy too much coffee from too many local roasteries this year. The money you spend supports so much more than one small business. It also supports the employees that work there, the vendors they work with, and so many more. The impact of those purchases will ripple out, I promise you. Shop small, shop local, and support those shops that have shown that they care about their community and make it feel like home to you. This episode of the Roast West Coast Podcast has been produced and recorded by me, Ryan Wolt. Thank you, thank you, thank you for listening. I can't wait to bring you more coffee content in Season 2. I hope this show finds you happy, healthy, and with at least enough sanity to make it through the day. And, as always, be sure to drink good coffee. Someday soon, I hope we can drink it together. That's what we say. There's a saying kind of in, in my world. It's like there's a home for every coffee, right? Even the, you know, the Ohio Turnpike coffee to the to the $25 a cup coffee.